What is up, people? You are listening into New Generation Sports Talk. Happy New Year to the people listening to Sports Talk for the first time this new year. I know we've been out for a little bit, but we're back, and we have a lot to discuss. We will be talking about the latest on DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills safety who suffered cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football, uh, causing that game between the Bengals and Bills to be postponed. We got some very positive updates on DeMar's status, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about where the NFL goes from here. Since that uh that, that that horrific incident happened on on Monday, we'll also talk about uh you know these games that apparently are still happening right now as a week eighteen uh closes in and, and we have some some major games happening Saturday and Sunday so we'll talk about that as well and the college football playoff what a what a what a semifinal we had easily the best semifinal we've ever had in the college football playoff so far now we have a national championship game Georgia TCU excited to talk about that so it should be. Action Pack Show. Joining me is my co-host Sham Shamari. Happy New Year! What's up, dude? Happy New Year, EJ. Um, yeah, lots, a lot of uh, a, a lot of things to look forward to as as um, as there are every year around this time of year, uh, where football, the NFL season is is starting to enter the playoffs and college football season is wrapping up, and it's a lot of exciting things. So um, yeah, just looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, yeah, we will get into uh, the playoff picture as things stand right now, but we will begin talking about Damar Hamlin. So, uh, f- you know, I think the whole world pretty much knows his story at this point. So there was a game between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, maybe the biggest game of the NFL season so far, potentially the AFC home field advantage on the line. And uh, in the middle of the in, in the middle of the game, I believe in the first quarter, it was Damar Hamlin who, uh, during a tackle of T. Higgins, um, got up and collapsed on the field uh, CPR had to be administered on the field and he was then rushed to the hospital it was an extremely emotional scene in Cincinnati you saw the Bills players um, crying and just kind of beside themselves at what they had seen a, a very gruesome very dark moment for the NFL Hamlin was rushed to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he's been undergoing treatment uh, extensively there and today there were some really great positive news uh, from the doctors that have been treating him saying that he is showing uh, substantial improvement. There was, uh, I think, a pretty kind of heartwarming kind of a, a I don't know if you call it heartwarming, but it, it was interesting that, you know, when he he did awake, he did what he did, you know, uh, become awake and they, you know, tried to get him to say something. He couldn't speak, but he was able to write, um, you know, clear thoughts. And, and the first thing he wrote uh, was, did we win the game? Um, uh, showing just kind of where his priorities were <laughs> and how much he loves, obviously, his team and, and the sport of football. But uh, this whole ordeal has kind of really kind of put everyone in a bit of a, of a, a wait-and-see situation regarding, um, one, what happens with the rest of the season. I know there's been reports that the, 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 the bills Bengals game will not be resumed at all, so you'll have two teams that will have played less than the 18, 17 games that everyone played, the 18 weeks that everyone plays. Um, so how they'll determine the playoffs will have to be, you know, decided next week. But um, but also just kind of for the sport moving forward, like what this means, because we all know the dangers of, the, of playing football. We don't know the dangers that go into uh, the NFL. And this was uh, potentially a, a extremely uh, tragic moment that would have really uh, just been kind of, just kind of, kind of hard to put into words. 
So I go with you, Sham, first talking about this. Uh, kind of now that we kind of know where we stand as of today, because there was so little we knew the last 48 hours where he, he this young man, DeMar Hamlin, 24 years old, uh, former uh, Pitt Panther, had been fighting for his life. Now we know that he is, um, as doctors say, critically ill, but headed in the right direction. Kind of where do you kind of stand on just how everything went down? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, all my thoughts and, and prayers are going to, um, to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Um, and I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it's such a, such a crazy situation. Um, you know, I mean, and I, when, and I remember earlier this week when you mentioned us doing the show, I was kind of like, because at that point we didn't know what, like what the outcome, it was still very unknown. That's true. Yeah. What, how he would, whether he would recover in what state he would be if he did recover. There was so much that we just didn't know. And some of it that we still don't, don't know completely. Um, but things do look very good at least at, at this point in time in terms of his recovery, at least based on what's being reported. Um, but it was just such a, it was just such an unknown moment that I was, I was, I was just hoping that it wouldn't be that. First of all, I was hoping for a good outcome for Demar and his family and everyone involved in that situation. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, hoping we wouldn't be just talking about worse news. So yeah. I am glad that that kind of we are where we are and things seem to be heading in a positive direction um, for Demar in terms of his recovery from what happened. Um, and I've been watching countless videos on in in and just reading articles and things on what happened and how doctors say this is really like almost like a one in a million type of situation um, mm. with how he got hit and what happened to his heart and how he went into cardiac arrest. Um, I, and I mean, I'm very glad that DeMar is recovering, of course, and that everything seems to be going in the right direction. I mean, this along with the Tua situation, um, it's just pointing to the recurring conversation that we repeatedly have regarding the safety of NFL players and the NFL's, um, the NFL's, and I, I mean, Goodell is complicit, but uh, the league is is, lar- is largely run by the owners as well. Of course, right? Yeah. So it's really the owners. But the NFL, the league as a whole, and just in their lack of seeming, their seeming lack of concern for the players' health, or that, or that the concern for the players' health being just being, um, they're just being just a lack of concern for the health, basically. Just, just the primary concern being, well, we have to get these games out. Well, we have to get these guys playing, yeah. and we don't want to spend any money on taking care of these people. Like if Demar is is in a bad situation going forward for the rest of his life, I mean, yeah. is he going to be okay? You know, like what is the NFL going to do about that? Yeah. So it's just a lot of questions, but but overall, I'm I'm happy that that Demar is recovering and and um you know hoping for the best for him going forward. Yeah. First of all, as you said, I, I share your sentiments regarding the uh the thoughts and, and prayers for 
um, DeMar Hamlin and his family. DeMar is a player that I, uh, I I watched a great deal of in college. You know, he played at University of Pitt. Of course, our brother Kendall right. was a huge, you know, who's a co-host on this show, huge Pitt Panther fan. Pitt plays in the same conference as Miami. Everybody knows who listens to this pod. I'm a Miami fan. So uh, I, I watch, you know, Miami play against DeMar Hamlin. I think he started three of the games they played uh, in his four-year career there. So I, I've watched him play a great deal, um, including just watching Pitt games with Kendall every now and then. Always very respectful of his game. Actually was excited to see him start. I know, obviously, you know, Micah High being out was a tough blow for the for the, uh, for the the Bills. But the fact that they were able to replace him with someone like Hamlin, who I think has played so well this year, it was it was kind of – I kind of just enjoy seeing him out there being like, wow, there's a young guy getting a shot who, you know, I thought was a little underheralded coming out of the draft. So um, to to see what happened on sun, on Friday, on Monday was just harrowing because this is a kid I literally saw playing college ball and saw him as a you know young teen a teenager and a and a, and a guy a kid in his early twenties still in his early twenties um, living out his dream now and and to see it you know potentially end tragically was was truly heartbreaking it was a very scary scene I'm I'm very happy that he is. Um, in, in a much better situation that he's been in for the past few days. Now he did a long way to go for him. That's what the doctors wanted to stress. But the fact that he has, you know, uh, he can move his hands and feet and he can respond. And, and as the doctor said, it's not that just the lights are on, but that somebody is home when you talk to him because he, he's able to respond with uh, a very clear, clear responses. Um, that, that's, that's amazing news. So I want to make sure I, I emphasize that. And I do want to also shout out, uh, the, 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 the medical staff with the, not just the NFL, but the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Banks, all who really saved his life on the field. The gentleman, I, forgive me for not remembering his name, the gentleman who's the uh, assistant trainer for the Bills, who administered CPR, uh, when, uh, when, when DeMar's, uh, his, his, his pulse went out. Uh, he, 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 he had his pulse, he had no pulse at one point on the field, um, administered that CPR that at least got a pulse back. And got him somewhat breathing so they could get him to the hospital. So uh, the the work that was done there uh, was exceptional, and, and I cannot, uh, you know, kind of just thank them enough for saving this young man. I do think that the one thing that this kind of brought to my attention was th- this concept of player safety, and you know, we talk about oftentimes, you know, oh, they're softening the game and. You know, you can't do this hit, you can't do that hit. And all of those, you know, conversations, they're, they're, they're going to happen week to week because they're games that are being had. But I almost feel like sometimes we kind of think of the, we kind of think of the conversation around player safety in a light that's only focused on what happens actually on the field. How hard a guy gets hit, where they get hit. And, and, and should those hits be allowed? And we don't actually focus on essentially what is probably more important, which is how do the NFL take care of the men who put their lives, and as we certainly saw and were reminded of, put their lives on the line for the entertainment value of the American public, the worldwide public, and, you know, to the great, you know, financial benefit of the league and its NFL owners. And that conversation, because I think, you know, people, until you bring up numbers and workers' rights and contracts and, and clauses, like those things, like 
it, it, we have a short attention span. So those things kind of just go over our heads. We don't really have an appetite to really sit down and have real conversations about it and kind of, you know, kind of understand these nuances. But to me, that that really is where the conversation needs to be had. Not to say that those other things aren't important, but the fact that we don't talk about that stuff is really the problem because this was a hit that Lamar, Demar, I don't even want to call it a hit because he made a tackle. I know he did kind of get trucked, but like this was not like some illegal, regardless of what Bar Scott said, this was not some crazy illegal hit that, you know, normally would have been a 15 yard penalty or hit that. Now we have to look at and say, okay, we have to look at this in the league for the next, you know, so many years and see that this is someone we got out long. This was a routine play, a routine play that could have happened to any player in the NFL. And, this was the result, and while DeMar Hamlin appears to be in a really good position, you do think about how the NFL does not take care of a lot of their players and, and, and the lengths they go to ensure that they don't, they don't have to spend money on players once their careers are over um, it is really alarming. And it's a problem that I think that as an as a, as a American public, as a fandom, fandom of the NFL, we need to focus on a lot more. And next time there's a collective bargaining agreement, we're complaining about there being a lockout and, 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 and when are we going to get games and why aren't guys in training camp? Like, we got to think of the bigger picture. We got to think of the bigger picture and think about are these men being taken care of the way they should? And not just talk about, well, they're making millions of dollars. It goes beyond that. Um, I want you guys to listen to, I, I cut it, and I, I look, if I could play the whole six minutes, I would. But I, I cut it to about two minutes, and I usually don't even play a sound ever this long. Um, but I want to. I want you guys to listen to this because I don't want to just repeat the things that um, Garrett Bush, who's a, 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 a Cleveland radio talk show host, um, said on on a recent show in Cleveland about this uh, this Demar Hamlin situation. And I thought he summed it up beautifully. So I want you guys to hear. What he been in the league two years. That means he's not vested. That means if he never plays another down in his life, he don't get another check for the NFL. Let's be clear about this. You got to play three to four years before you even sniff a pension. So all this heartwarming and prayers and condolences don't do nothing for that boy's mom that, that got to go home, look at her son, and he might need extensive care for the rest of his life. And you know what the NFL will tell you? Well, you know, um, you know we'll, we'll look out for the people like him. No, you won't. No, you won't. My question to you is, NFL, when, you, when, when do salaries become guaranteed? If you know these young men are going out there and they could die on that football field, I don't give a damn what your thoughts and prayers are. Do the right thing. I just heard Aditi say it seven times. This is a savage sport. Men are dying every week, and you covered that up during CTE, and now you want to act like you the top of the food chain because you got the CPR people on the field all the time? That's the least you should do. You're not gonna pay that man's. You you're not gonna pay that man's tuition for his kids. You're not gonna give him no disability money. You gonna do nothing. All you do is collect them big checks, and we go play fantasy footballs. And I hear these dudes' thoughts and prayers for a whole damn two hours. Y'all don't care about them kids. These young black kids is putting on the line, and you telling them what they put on the line ain't worth it because it, you know why. Because you don't want to pay for somebody that's broken and battered and can't take care of themselves because it costs you money. So it is all about money. And I heard nobody talking about no contracts. And he's sitting up here cashing these checks. 
We worship these owners. They do anything they want to. Anything. And as long as the product is good, we salute it. I'm pissed off today because ain't nobody talking about the real stuff. There's people out there, players are saying they just want to wait for us to die. I like the NFL just like the rest of y'all, but I'll be damned if I'm going to sit up there and pat Roger Goodell on the back for running this organization the way he does. They run it like a criminal organization. I mean, I don't know if, if that could be said any better. And I'm not I'm not one to give up my uh, or any of our positions on this podcast to someone else to talk for that long. But I thought that it was that important for our audience to hear Garrett Bush in that moment. That was Garrett Bush from the, uh, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show talking about this. And, you know, and I saw Donnie Fosworth, ESPN, talk about it as well. You know, this, you know, this idea that, you know, you, you know, really all you got is this pension and, and that's kind of it. And you got to play X amount of years to get the pension. Um, you know, the health care benefits are, are, are not that great. And and in that same, you know, I can I edited out a lot of that because there was so much that uh, that uh, Garrett talked about. But um, the amount of money the NFL is not actually debbied up into these uh, these uh, disability claims that the NFL is supposed to be paying. Uh, the kind of clauses that are in these contracts that allow them to skate by from actually paying disability payments for NFL players, uh, even if the the government and Social Security deems you disabled, if the NFL's uh, independent doctors deem you not disabled, they actually don't have to pay you anything. Um, I think that I saw he said they only paid six percent of the CTE money that's supposed to be given out. I mean, this is some this is some nasty work that the NFL has been doing for quite some time, and this sport really has a you know it has a malaise over the american public and i like football i'm not gonna you know sit here and say that i'm above it per se but when you think about just how much uh just how much griminess that goes into some of the stuff the nfl has been doing you you hope that at some point maybe the public could take a stand at some point and say no not this time we're not gonna allow it next time the nfl owners want to say we're not gonna give you guaranteed contracts. We're not going to give you this or that. I really hope the public stands by the players and thinks about DeMar Hamlin, thinks about, um, you know, and we still don't, I mean, we say this, you know, I speak very positively. I'm trying to speak positive energy into existence um, and hoping that he will be fine and he'll be great. But that's still, we still don't know that. I mean, we don't know. We know he's in a better position now, but we still don't know what's going to happen to him. But the thought that, like, the worst case scenario, which maybe we've averted, we hope we have averted, what that would have looked like is a lot of what Garrett was talking about there. And how much as an American fandom are we going to rally around the players when it comes to these important issues? And not for nothing, we need to also hold the feet to the fire of the, the NFL players union executives. You know, you know, I put out a tweet talking about Troy Vincent and he mentioned, and I don't want to get into the whole was there five minute was there a five minute warm up offered or not? I we don't know the answer to that. My I my I I put a tweet out that went you know, I don't want to say viral, but viral for me. You know, I usually don't get a thousand likes and hundreds of retweets on a tweet. But I put out a tweet where after Vincent said that, you know, oh well, you know, the fact that, you know, players were informed of a of a five minute um warm up, that's not true, and that, that was never considered, even though Joe Buck said that the league has informed ESPN that that's what's gonna happen. Uh 
I don't I don't care about that really because it, it, that's not I, I care about him potentially lying, but I don't care about whether or not they did it or not because the NFL either being incompetent in the, in, in the moment wouldn't surprise me. The NFL saying some misinformation got out there uh, wouldn't surprise me. My concern though is I think there's always been a concern about whether or not the NFL PA really and the people who have led it have really gone fully to bat for the the players. And the players, you know, that are coming by before them, and the players when they retire, as they should. There was, there was this, you know, God rest the soul of Gene Upshaw, but there was always this feeling that Gene Upshaw and Paul Tagliabue were too cool, too close, and you couldn't really trust uh, uh, Gene Upshaw to really do, do the, the the most to get the best deal for the players. Um, the same thing has been said about Demari Smith. The same thing has been said about Troy Vincent. So. I, I really think that that is just something I, I did. I do want to kind of put to the forefront and kind of make that kind of my takeaway from this is what is the NFL going to do about some of this, these ghoulish tactics that they do to try to hoard every set that they get and keep it from these players who, who are the real people who provide entertainment, the real people who bring us to the table in terms of the fans what are they going to do next time something comes up? Because I know for one, and I'm again, I'm not going to be act like I was above, you know, criticism of like these lockouts and criticizing the players or whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm coming to you as a real person saying, look, I, I, I saw what happened and I know things have to be changed. What happened was a, 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 a catastrophe. Maybe it couldn't have been avoided, but how we handle what these players deal with on a regular basis and how these players are treated once they exit the game that has to be changed we cannot just say okay it's a status quo and we just move on so i really hope that if there's anything we take away from it is that yeah um i mean well said um you know and why and even with, while i was while i was listening to everything you were saying and i agree with what you're saying the nflpa and and there are others that that I think share some some responsibility in just you know again just the NFL's just seeming overall lack of lack of uh, lack of care for their players' safety and their players' health. Um, I was just thinking this is one of a, a long list of issues, and we we it, it seems like we return to this discussion about the NFL and how the league is being run it seems like every few months now i mean we had flores this brian flores situation um with the dolphins we have of course this Tua situation with the dolphins we have the situation with the washington commanders with their owner um there's all the the situation there's a colin kaepernick situation um and there's just and there's just uh, this is a very long list there's a very you could you could fill a book with the with the amount of different issues that that people have in general with the nfl and and look like a lot of other things in our society they're taking very tiny baby steps in the right direction but i mean while they take those baby steps you know we have situations like this where you know this young man's in a terrible situation and and we don't know if he's going to make it if he does make it what what his life is going to be like and the NFL is just kind of like, oh, well, well, you know, thoughts and prayers. You know, it's like that's not enough, you know. So 
it's a shame, like you, EJ, of course, and I echo your sentiments. I, I'm not above the game. I enjoy the game of football. I love watching it. Um, but, you know, another, another thing the NFL needs to think about is how many people are going to, you know, if they can't take care of their players, I mean, that's a that makes the NFL look terrible just as a – look, the, the guys make millions of dollars, but, I mean, if they're going to they, if they're gonna end up like, like this or like Tua – yeah. You know, where the NFL is just not going to take care of you. I mean, it's going to be like, is it, is it even worth it? You know, and, and should if people start asking, like, I mean, what am I watching? You know, so it's just, you know, they have to take care of their players. That's the very that's the, the lowest bar. You know, this is a is a physical sport. Some people call it barbaric. It's a physical, very physical sport. The very least they could do is take care of the players. It's the very least they can do. And if they're not able to do that, then, then, then it's just that's really bad. And, and I think that I think that will come back to bite the league uh, and hit them in the pockets if they're if they're not even able to do that. Um, I, don't, I don't even think the players would stand for that. But I mean, I guess time will tell. Yeah, we continue to uh, to uh, support and pray for uh, Demar Hamlin and a full and speedy recovery. And um and I, I hope that this does become somewhat of a, a watershed moment for uh, just just for the, the the country to kind of understand what's going on with the NFL and um, and demand better. I kind of pause here as we're doing this show, and you know when I told Shamari we do the show, it's going to be you know I didn't prepare uh, just kind of uh, peeling the back the onion a little bit. I didn't prepare a, a massive thing of notes and show rundowns I normally do because I kind of wanted this conversation, this show to be more of a conversation to begin with. But I do see some, I guess I will call it breaking news here. I do want to put out there, not good news, another uh, incident involving a, a, a player, a former player. But apparently um, Peyton Hillis, if you guys remember the former Cleveland Browns running back, former running back at the University of Arkansas, um, he apparently is in critical condition after uh saving his kids from drowning today so um uh according to uh Peyton Hillis's uncle um he he's in intensive care um he's having some kidney issues uh but his lungs are improving according to doctors so uh let's hope that Peyton Hillis pulls through it, it sounds like a quite a heroic feat if he was able to save his kids from drowning, but you know, it seems like between Peyton Hillis, between Jeremy Renner and Demar Hamlin, it seems like his keep coming with some of these terrible accidents that are happening. So yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. it goes through. Yeah, prayers to uh, Peyton Hillis, um, former Pro Bowler, former Madden cover, and and uh, obviously a great uh, a great hog as well, playing for the Razorbacks back in the day. But uh, let, let's kind of uh, shift focus here and let's kind of talk about. Um, where are we at with week 18? I mean, as of now, it's happening. I don't think it should be happening. But I guess the NFL is getting a little lucky in the sense that DeMar's health is better. So I think that maybe we'll, we'll make people feel better that there will be games played. But I certainly don't feel like it would have been smart for them to push through these games uh where you have players who maybe aren't in the right mindset to really go out there and, and do what DeMar Hamlin was doing before he was sent and rushed to uh, the ICU. So 
Um, first of all, before we get into before we even get to these games, I mean, Shawn, do you think the game should be being played right now? Um, I mean, I feel like if I feel like if if they want to play, for me, I I, I leave it to the players. Mm. Um, that's always um, I mean, that's always my thing. I was just watching. Um, I was watching, I forget what show, one of the ESPN shows, and I believe they they mentioned that they asked Josh Allen because Allen and McDermott just had a like a press conference, and one of the reporters asked him, you know, how do you guys feel about going out there and and, and do you guys feel like you're ready to play? And he said 100. percent He was like 100. It was just it's, 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 and apparently like without hesitation, he's like absolutely you want to play. I feel like if they want, if the if the players want to play, I think you let them play. You know, if it was the opposite, they didn't want to play, then I then I'd feel the opposite. But I, I think it I think it should be up to them. Yeah, it's interesting, and I think that that's a reasonable way to look at this. I do kind of pause and, and caution with this only that NFL players are um, notorious. Maybe notorious isn't the right word, but like they're well known. And and in some ways, they should be praised for their ability to compartmentalize and focus on the game, regardless of what's happening in the real world, in their personal lives. Like how these guys are able to focus is, is remarkable. Uh, there is a part of me that is very least with the Buffalo Bills and the and the Cincinnati Bengals, for that matter, where you, you see a level of trauma like that, where I wonder if you have to protect the players from themselves. And we talked about that bunch with actual physical injuries where a player may say, I can go on this bad knee or this bad ankle. You have to say, you know what? You got to protect the player from himself. We know that he can put himself at risk. Let's not put them out there. There's a part of me that wonders, is that this a moment now where the NFL should maybe try to, you know, look out for their own? Now, again, we just had a whole conversation about the NFL's inability to do that. And if not looking out for their own means, they'll make more money than <laughs> rest assured. They will gladly allow them to just uh, do whatever they want. And if that means play, they'll let them play. But, you know, they, this, this is, this might be one of the few moments where, you know, if I was running a league, I might say, you know what? Y'all might want to play, but y'all need to chill. You know, y'all need to chill. And, um, and, 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 and we'll see y'all on, you know, Wednesday or Thursday of next week. We'll push playoffs back by a week. We'll get rid of the, Bobby for the Super Bowl. We'll get rid of the Pro Bowl because no one cares about that anyway. And we're going to let everybody just chill. Um, or maybe, again, maybe it's just let the Buffalo Bills chill. Who knows? But some people got to chill. Y'all need to re, you know, re, kind of refocus and, and really take in what happened. Um, you know, I don't know if even giving them extra three or four days or a week is, is really enough to really make a big difference. But I think any difference counts. So that's where I would be. I, I don't know if I would send them out there. Uh, the fact, I mean, I wouldn't even, I mean, the, the the only reason why I think this is even being allowed in terms of, I think there'd not be more fan backlash is the fact that DeMar Hamlin's in such a better condition. If we were in a position where he was not in a better shape, I, I, I didn't think the NFL would look crazy trying to play these games. And I mean all of them, not just the Bills game. Um, but I think because he's in a better position, I think it allows them to maybe move, push forward. But, uh. But yeah, I, I did think that was important to just mention that the games are actually happening, and and you know, it was very clear that the Bills and Bengals did not want to play that game after what had happened on Monday, and I was wondering where it would be a week later. 
There are some big games though. Um, there there are some big games. The NFL standings as they as they stand right now. Uh, it, it's a lot of things are still up in the air. Uh, when it comes to where do you, I guess where do you want to begin? I mean, let, let's let's I kind of maybe move away from the Bills conversation just for now. Let's go to the NFC um, because there really is very little that is known about how this is going to shake out. One of the only things we know is that uh, the Giants are the sixth seed. They clinched a playoff spot. Congratulations to the New York Giants, Ryan Dayball, and them. Uh, hell of a season so far. And we know that the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be the fourth seed because they won the division after beating the Panthers last weekend. So that's all we know as of right now. Um, the seventh spot is still up for grab. You still have several teams that can get that. Um, you got the Packers in line playing a crucial game in Lambeau Field. Uh, the F Seattle, who's right there in the, in there as well. Um, the number one seed is still up for grabs. Technically, Philly, after losing two with uh, Jalen Hurts, have not secured that spot. The uh, 49ers have a shot at it. The Cowboys still have a, a shot at the number one seed. Um, the 49ers could drop all the way down to three still. Vikings can move up a game. There's a lot that can happen. Uh, move up a slot, rather. A lot can, a lot can happen. Uh, how do you see this NFC shaking out? Maybe starting with that wild card spot. Who do you? How do you think that shakes out with your Packers? Um, I think the Packers are an extremely dangerous team right now. Um, things are starting to click. Uh, our wide, our young wide receivers are bona fide studs. Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, them both healthy. That's a tandem that the whole league that cut, should put the whole league on notice. And with Aaron Rodgers at QB, particularly, I mean, very dangerous. And we have a dangerous running game um, with AJ Dillon and um, Aaron Jones. Um, and um, and our defense is our defense is it's kind of a wild card, kind of hit or, hit or miss. It seems <laughs> from week to week, but. But we have good players. It's not like we don't have players. It's just having the pieces work together um, and players showing up every single week. Um, but we're a very dangerous team. We could be, we could, you know, feasibly can, can beat anybody. Again, we have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, so we're an extremely dangerous team. So the Packers are are I I would think that they would make the playoffs. I I wouldn't think. I mean, I believe, I believe we're playing the Lions at Lambeau. Um, I think that's the Sunday night football game. Um, which is going to be a very good game, but but I think we win that game, and I think we're in the playoffs. That's 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 that is my prediction. I don't think the Lions want any any piece of the Packers right now. Um, I think the I also think the uh, I think the Niners are extremely dangerous right now, but I, I still. To me, Brock Purdy is still kind of a wild card in terms of whether you trust him or not. Um, it's not a weird. Like, he really hasn't had a bad game yet, which is, I, I think I kind of, as weird as it sounds, I kind of think I would like to have seen that just to get it out the way almost. Yeah. Like, even, like, I, I, even, like, I don't think they've lost a game with him, but they played some close games. But even, like, these close games, I feel like he's played well in all of them. Yeah. I mean, to the point where it's like, I didn't even see him play this consistent, like, in college, really, you know? 
<laughs> it's yeah, a I, little, mean, I mean, his junior little, year, his junior year, I would say he was he was nice. I mean, he was good. The senior year was 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 not good, but yeah, but it's just I don't know. I mean, I I, I wouldn't have expected this from him. Um, no, I don't think anybody could have expected this. Yeah, so it's it's very um, this is very unexpected. So I I'm kind of very watching that. If I were a Niners fan, I would be watching with bated breath. I would not be. Just like, oh yeah, no, we're chilling, we're good. Like, no, I, I don't know. Um, I actually think the Cowboys and the Vikings. Well, no, well, probably not the Vikings. The Vikings have, been, have just been so. They've been winning, but in winning in, in fashions that are not <laughs> don't inspire very much confidence. Yeah. Um. But the Cowboys should should feel pretty good, I think. Um, and the Eagles, of course. I don't think the Eagles have anything to worry about. Jalen Hurts is, is yeah, going to be playing. What about the, are you worried about the injury to Hurts? Well, I know he's been injured. Did he get injured yeah. again? No, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's, he's oh, yeah. trying to come back, I guess, from it. Yeah. Do you feel yeah, they, they said he's going to be playing this weekend. Um, I don't know, you know, how it will look, of course. But, I mean, if he's playing, that's a good sign. Um. I don't think I, I personally I don't think they'll have too much to worry about um, with Hertz. I yeah I'm not I'm not too concerned about about the Eagles. I think they'll be fine. Their team is is loaded as everybody knows, and I think with Hertz leading the charge, I, I think they'll I think they'll secure that number one seed. Mm. Yeah, I mean I picked the Eagles to come out of the NFC to start the season. Uh, I can't lie. I I do feel, I don't feel good about what's going on in Philly right now. Like, it, it, this this hurts injury just felt like the the worst possible timing. Um, obviously he he he's set up to to play this week. He did take uh, first team reps in practice. So big game at home against a giant team that I, you never know what te- what teams are posturing or not. But it just certainly sounds like they're setting up to rest guys. So you expect Philly maybe gets an easy win this week, but um, I don't know. I it just for a team that was just rolling, it just feels like all of a sudden things have come to kind of a screeching halt since that Bears game. It was a game they barely survived, no pun intended, barely. Um, uh, Hurts gets hurt, you lose the next two. Minshew is not the clear like oh we just throw him in there. It's the same offense like people thought. Like that's not even close to that. Um, now nah, Hurts coming back. I imagine if they would have won the Saints game, that he wouldn't be playing this week. So how healthy is he? We don't really know. Will there be rust? Like I, I just I don't feel great about Philly right now. That's concerning because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I really badly want them to go to the Super Bowl so I can like brag and say I picked the team before the season to go to the Super Bowl, but nobody else was picking. But I just have a bad feeling about how things are going there. I, I, I want to hate on the Packers. I really want to hate on the Packers because not anything personal to you, Sham, but just it just feels like they like they didn't play this caliber of football for most of the season that was worthy of being a playoff team. But because the NFL and this stupid extra playoff game and extra game has, has allowed this hyper-parity to get so out of control that, like, these mediocre teams now can back their way. And I don't say back their way because the Packers are playing well. But these mediocre teams can kind of, you know, finagle their way into the playoffs. 
despite having miserable seasons both this year, you know, them and the Buccaneers. But it does feel like this is all set up for the Packers to, to take care of business, right? I mean, the Lions, Cole and the Green Bay, they don't normally play well there. Jared Goff playing in the cold, numbers aren't pretty. Um, it's like, how do the Packers lose, right? Like, it's just kind of hard to even see how they lose this game. But, but then you kind of go back to that, like, idea of, uh, you know, the runaway favorite. Like, it, it that, that kind of worries me. Like, the Packers uh, right now, four and a half favorites, four and a half point favorites. Um, it just feels like maybe the Lions are a sentimental favorite people picking. I feel like people who actually want to know what's going to happen, I feel like everybody's running to the Packers, uh, clinching the spot. It does kind of make me wonder, because something weird happened, something unforeseen happened in this game. Uh, that 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 will be be interesting. I don't know if the Lions have a shot either way to make the playoffs, just because I think the Seahawks will win this weekend. Um, I believe they play the Cardinals. I believe they play someone terrible. Uh, it's not the Cardinals. As I scrambled, oh the Rams, yeah, yeah they'll they'll yeah they'll watch the Rams. The Rams are in uh, one two three Cancun mode, so I think that it's going to be Packers or Seahawks in this uh, last playoff spot. But it just feels like, you know, the Packers right now are clicking on all cylinders, as much as I hate to say that. Um, but this is the way the NFL is right now. You can go, you can get, you can win just, you can lose eight games and make the playoffs now pretty easily. That's kind of the, you know, the standard at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think we're a team to watch in the playoffs. I mean, they that's, they have a thing about these young teams, and we saw with the Bengals last year. You know, these young guys they don't know any better. All they know is I'm gonna go out there and play. You know, Christian Watson with these go routes, and Ron's just like go and throw it up, and it's like who's gonna stop him? You know, like I I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, we this is. You know, Packers are hungry, and they're they're. they're they're a team that's kind of just um, – we're just rolling right now. So, I mean, we'll see what happens come come playoff time. But but uh, but right now things are going very well. So we'll see how things go, um, you know, when well, we're hope, you, hopefully in the playoffs. But so from your perspective, who would you want to play in the first round? Because you could play uh, – I guess in theory you could play Philly, you could play the Vikings, you could play the 49ers. I believe those are the three teams that are possible for that two spot. Cuz yeah. to me, like that the only reason why I I'm very low on like the pack like well, I think the Packers will make the playoffs. Cause I think they'll win this week and they have played well. I don't really give them much of a shot against the 49ers or the Eagles, though I kind of pause with the Eagles because I am a little concerned about what's going on with Hurts and just kind of how they're limping to the finish line. Uh, I would give them a real shot against the Vikings, but I, I, I'm still a little wary about you know the team that 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 played so poorly for most of the season that then gets to the playoffs and then we just assume that they're going to be fine. Like like w- w- when you look at those matchups, who's the team that you say, uh, or if it's all of them? Do you feel like you have you have guys have a real shot against all of those teams? Um, I mean, I think we definitely want to see the Vikings. Um, like you said, but, uh, what about Eagles? Eagles I don't know. I mean, Eagles look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Or, uh, 49ers. 
I mean, I probably rather I probably rather play the Niners, but I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I mean, it's gonna sound cliche, but I mean, we got twelve at quarterback. We got the best quarterback. But what, of is, all but these what guys. is that? But what is that meant in the postseason? We got the best the, quarterback the, of all these guys. But, but Sham, you that, know has I mean? that has I mean, meant nothing. We're shaking in our boots about like, oh my god, who? Oh my god, it's like, what? Are you, oh my god, we got good. We got fast, young, energetic receivers. We have great running backs. And and as long as I said, if our defense shows up, you know, as long as they show up, I mean, we can go up against anybody. You guys do have twelve, but that has not meant anything in the postseason for the last decade. It's not meant a damn thing. Yeah, see, yeah. I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it is not like like we know where Rogers been in the regular season. We know how talented he is. Um, he has shown these last four weeks that he still has something. Um, he showed a lot against the Vikings for sure, but postseason Rodgers has been extremely underwhelming. Now, that has often been Rodgers hosting games in Green Bay. That will not be the case. This will be a lot similar to what happened when Rodgers won his only Super Bowl, where he, every game would be a road game. So right. does playing on the road somehow maybe present less pressure? You know, any place is going to have better conditions than Lambeau Field. So are the will conditions be that would be certainly better in LA, uh in San Francisco and in Minnesota where you're in a dome. Philly could get cold, but most likely not as cold as Green Bay. So would better conditions mean that he he'll be more comfortable? Again, that he has played better on the road in the past in the postseason. I don't know. I just think that knowing who he's been in the playoffs and then also knowing that you're talking about young receivers who are playing great right now, but they are young receivers. You know, we could talk about uh, you know, who are these other guys compared to 12? But, like, you know, I can say, well, who are these wide receivers compared to some of the, the Kittles and the and the Debo Samuels and the A.J. Browns of the, and the Dante Smiths of the world? You know, like, these are these are the NFL's stars, you know, at the goal position. And will those guys be able to rise to the occasion in those games? I think the, the Packers are a fascinating team. Do you think the Bucks have any shot? Like, the Buc- I think the Bucks are, are, are awful. Like I really don't think they're a good team. Um, I think the Packers, like they, they are playing really well, so I feel like they would scare me more. I have like, I, I don't have any faith that like the Bucks are like gonna be able to do anything um, in a matchup against the Eagles or the or the Cowboys. I, I think that they would get mauled by either of those teams. No, yeah, I agree. I, I don't have any faith in the Bucks at all. Um, I've watched them play several times throughout the year um, with mixed results. I mean, it looks, just looks like they're going through the motions. They, they don't have any energy. Yeah, they um, don't have any energy until they're about to lose. Then they go on a crazy. Yeah, and then they go on some back. crazy. And, and then at the end of the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's like that's not. You're not going to do that against these teams, you know. So, and not in the, not at this stage. And you have Brady, but even Brady hasn't been playing like Brady even this year. So, I don't know. I mean, I I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, they have good skill players you know but they're not they're just not playing so 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 i don't think i don't have any faith in them yeah 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 i i I don't believe in the bucks uh at all nfc will be uh very fascinating to see how that shakes out afc you know we will kind of have to figure out how they're going to decipher the first top uh you know uh top seed right now i guess if they're Bills and Bengals aren't going to play, then you're going off a win percentage, which means the Chiefs would be in the driver's seat as of right now for that uh, for that last spot. I should be for that number one spot. Last spot still open. 
Um, Dolphins still have a, a shot if the, if the Patriots lose the Bills this week. Steelers somehow are still <laughs> somehow still in this. I, I cannot believe they're still in this. And I can't believe that Mike Tomlin has a chance to once again avoid a losing record. Like, Shout out to it, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, if this was a normal NFL, like, or the, the previous NFL formatting of schedules, he would have he made it. Like, eight wins is all you needed. And he would have once again uh, had a non-losing season. Uh, he's never had a losing season in his entire career. Uh, now he has there's an odd game, so now he has to win a game to get to that point. But it, incredible how they somehow are still in this right now. AFC definitely feels in flux. I, I mean, I, I I really wonder, and I don't mean to, you know, kind of just put Demar Hamlin's trivialize Demar Hamlin's situation. I don't mean when, this when I say that. Um, I do feel that the Bills and Bengals may be just very interesting teams to follow the rest of this way. Like how those teams are from a mental standpoint, all the the first of all, the trauma that they went through and then the attention that they now have have at their front door for what happened on Monday night. Again, this is a game where you where compartmentalizing is so important and 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 crucial to, to just to your performance, to your safety. I I would feel concerned about those teams now. And it's, it's crazy because both those teams were playing so well. And that's why that game was was, was such a, a heavyweight tight heavyweight fight. It was a clash of the titans because of just how well those teams are playing. And now, I mean, I think either of those teams might be more more can to get picked off early than we would have thought because of how everything has gone on. The Chargers are still a talented team, and you know, right now they're probably shaped up the face against the Chiefs. But if they were to slip and they get uh, the Bills or Bengals, I think that that could be trouble. I think if the Ravens somehow slipped and they were able to get the Bills and Bengals in a divisional round like that, or if you rather Ra- uh, the Raiders, uh, the Ravens moved up in the standings and they got the Bills or Bengals in a, in a, in a divisional matchup with if Lamar is able to come back and he's not, uh, you know, taking business decisions and <laughs> not playing because of the knee injury. If he's healthy, he's back. He's ready to go. Uh, the, the AFC has a very talented pair of five and six seeds at the moment that I would be very concerned about in a divisional matchup. Not teams that necessarily have played even football and maybe not even the most impressive 10 win seasons from those teams, but in a one game elimination, those teams will worry me. Mm. Yeah. The AFC is an interesting, um, the AFC is just a, a very interesting, um, very interesting state right now. Um, I mean, the Bills and Bengals are obviously very dangerous teams. Um, I agree. I think the Chargers have actually been playing better than I thought they would be. Um, so they're definitely a team to kind of look out for in terms of a team that can definitely just can get hot, you know? I mean, um, and um, same thing with the Ravens as well. I mean, we can, like you said, Lamar comes back. I mean, you never know, you never know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. So he can definitely lead them uh, deep into the playoffs as well. Um, and again, you know, the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh's been playing pretty good. I mean, they just beat Baltimore. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett, their guy Kenny Pickett, they love him in Pittsburgh. They love him some Kenny Pickett. So I mean, if he, you know, he gets in the playoffs, and it'll be like, wow, you know, that w- that would be quite. Um, that would be something. That would be miraculous. 
That would be really when we, when you think about how the Pittsburgh still look early this year. Look at I think <laughs> how how he looked earlier this year. That yeah. if he quarterbacked them to a playoff berth this season, it'd, yeah. it'd be miraculous. I, I don't. I don't they know love how him that even more happened. than they love him already. Yeah. I saw someone um, say that he has that like Ben Roethlisberger trait of like he can look terrible for like three quarters and then he he'll, he'll throw a touchdown falling out of bounds with two guys all over him. Yeah, like that was the greatest thing you've ever seen. Like it's kind of crazy um, what he's been able to do there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very exciting. This is a very exciting situation in the AFC. Very. Do you much think that? Do you think there's any chance Lamar doesn't play in the playoffs? Because there's this feeling that he's somehow like holding out because he doesn't want to get hurt so that he can preserve this massive payday he'll get from somebody this year. No, no, I think he's going to play. Okay. I have to ask. There, there are people who are saying that. I, I also agree. Like, I, I think that – do I think he's being smart by not playing in these games that maybe he would play in if he was, like, fully guaranteed on a contract? Yes, I think that, that is happening. Uh, but I also think he is banged up. I don't think it's like, oh, like, I, like I'm, I'm not hurt. I'm not playing. I think that he has an injury that is an injury. Like, yes. you sprain your knee. Like, that's serious. And he's a guy who runs and, and knees his legs. Um, and he's not risking it for a team that's secured a playoff spot. Like, why would he? It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, do know. I think he'll take that further and say, well, you know what? I'm not going to play into the, in the playoffs when I'm not 100% healthy. That would surprise me just given kind of who Lamar is. Yeah, no, he's a competitor. Yeah. Um, you know, say what you will about, about Lamar. I mean, I've had my complaints with regards to some of his body language on the field in certain moments. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's a competitor. You can you can see he's a competitor. Uh, you yeah. can see that. You can hear it in, in all the interviews and all the everything that he says. The he wants to win, you know, badly. And he's not gonna he's not just gonna let his team, you know, flounder. I mean, yes, of course he wants his money, but like he's not gonna just risk just let his team just let his team down. You know, he's a quarterback. And that'd be a bad indictment on on him and his in his uh you know he'd lose the locker room he'd lose you know he would just he would look like a chump <laughs> you know yeah uh, that would be a terrible look uh, for him but I don't I just don't think that's I I wouldn't I I wouldn't anticipate something like him wanting to do something like that um, just based on what I've seen is it really do you think that it's right now just Chiefs world right now in the AFC I feel like the Chiefs are a little overrated. They don't scare me as much as they have in the past. Because uh, they, they, don't, they don't seem to have, like, the supernova offense that they had in the past. Like, they've only scored uh, more than 30 points twice in their last, mm-hmm. like, six games. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like they, they've never scored, like, 40. And I know you say, oh, 40 points. I'm like, this is a team that could that would put up 40 points at will on you in certain years. Like, they're, like the way they do it is different it doesn't mean that it's worse but as an opponent like does that mean like from a week to week basis where i feel like um these other very competitive teams uh would be would have uh would, would be just totally you know outman against them absolutely not the chiefs have also had a very easy schedule for a while now the last games they played the rams they played the Bengals, who they lost to and you could argue that was the only tough game they've had in like two months or a month then they had the Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks, and the Broncos again. So how have, how much have they really been tested recently? Um, 
I would argue, not very much at all. Now, they are, to me, they're like the epitome of their winners. Like, I feel like playoff time, like, they're going to compete. Like, they're not, they're not going to get blown up by anybody. They know how to win, and we've seen that because they've been winning a lot of close games of late. But I, they have not been tested against the NFL's best. And outside of uh, their blowout win against the, the, the Niners, when they've played against the elite, elite competition, they lost. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the, to the Bengals. So I, I'm not as sold on the Chiefs as everyone else is. How about you? I mean, I agree that they're slightly overrated, but I would emphasize slightly. Um, slightly overrated. I mean, they're they're still a very dangerous team. Um, I mean, Mahomes is just Mahomes. He's playing like Mahomes. And it's just completely going under the radar. But he's that dude. Um, and yes, he doesn't have Hill. Uh, but he does now have Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju. Who, look, say what you will about Juju. He's been playing. He's had a good year. <laughs> yeah, he's had a good year. You know, like he showed up. Right? He has showed up. He is here. He is playing for this team. He wants to win. He is showing up for this team. And those two guys have definitely filled the the kind of vacancy of Tyreek Hill um, um, in that offense. Um, I, I've seen plenty of Valdez Scantling, of course. He's a burner, you know, so. Yeah. And he's big. Um, so they still got guys in Kansas City. That offense is still high powered. Kelsey, um, of course, is still a monster. Yeah, Kelsey is Kelsey. He's he's he, Nothing has changed about him. He's not gotten any worse. He's not gotten any slower. His hands haven't gotten he, any. I couldn't believe running. when I looked at earlier this year. I couldn't believe when I saw that he's 33 years old. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, him to be this good still. Yep. Like, 33, like, as a tight end. You're kind of talking about, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. You start talking about, okay, does do we start putting him in more blocking packages? And, yep. <laughs> you know, we starting to look at him on his way out. Like, I mean, he this might be his best year. Yep. Yeah, he's he's incredible. It's it really is something to behold. Um, you know, it's just he's so dangerous. He's a very large part of this team, a large reason why this team has been so successful. The Chiefs are extremely dangerous. I, I mean, I, I think they're overrated, but very slightly. Um, you could very easily, very handily make the case of the best team in the AFC. And that's not unreasonable at all. <laughs> They're a very good team. They're very dangerous. Um, and I think they're going to show that in the postseason. I think the one thing, while their offense may not scare me as much as they used to, I think the one thing that I, if I was a Chiefs fan I would feel good about is how much better their defense is this year. Yes. Um, Chris Jones uh, having a spectacular year. It's funny. Uh, I, was, I was with Maggie and Perloff the other day, and – they actually had an interesting kind of just sidebar about Chris Jones and wondering if he's a Hall of Famer. And I kind of like, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, he very well might be, you know, or mm. he's very well might be on his way. And he's got 13 sacks this year. He had 62 mm. and a half sacks for his entire career. Uh, he's played in what, six, seven seasons as an interior defensive lineman. He's averaging almost 10 sacks a year. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that, those are Hall of Fame numbers. I mean, if you don't get in, you don't get in. But that's just not because of what he's been producing. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, he's having a fantastic year. Uh, Bolton, the linebacker, is 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 just a tackling yep. machine. 
Yeah, he's fantastic. They 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 got they got a they got a real defense. It's not that's not something that we we we've been able to say year in and year out. So that is uh that is something that I think to 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 say. Well, you know, if you're gonna believe in the Chiefs, I think you guys to feel like this might be the def- best defense that uh, Andy Reid has had since he's since he's had this little run with Mahomes in this Mahomes era. And and their running back Pachenko is has a ton of pop. He's he's great as well. Yes, I do agree with that as well. Um, I don't kind of, it's kind of weird to end it on this note because neither of these teams may not matter so much in the postseason, but I, I, I really hope the Jaguars win on Saturday. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like, I hate the whole idea that, oh, you feel like this team deserves it or this person deserves it when everybody works hard. Nobody deserves one thing more than others per se in terms of sports, but it really does feel like the Jaguars deserve this playoff spot more than the Titans. Just given how the Titans have fallen apart this year, um, they've been kind of a circus. And the Jaguars, who could have easily kind of put this season away, they really turned it around. And we've really seen Doug Peterson do a tremendous job getting this team to play football the right way. The fact that they went out there and made that statement against the, the, the Texans. I know it's the Texans, but that was a game that people thought they would just sit their guys. And they mm-hmm. said, no, we're going to go out there. We're going to kick their ass. <laughs> that's what they did i mean that was bold i mean that was really bold and, and maybe risky to some uh but they that's what they did they're like no we're gonna go out there we're gonna kick their ass and then we're gonna kick uh, tennessee's ass next week and <laughs> they, part one was done very convincingly and you know jaguars lost to the texas earlier this year so the improvement from this team is is noteworthy and you know, ej ej can you talk yeah. about trevor lawrence yeah trevor lawrence i mean look you know uh you know, I hope Jeff fans are happy that the Jets have lost, won those meaningless games at the end of that 2020 <laughs> season. Because now, you know, oh, Jacksonville has a franchise quarterback and the Jets do not. And Trevor Lawrence's numbers for the, you know, for how the season is shaping up 3,900 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight picks. Very solid. Very solid. You know, definitely a move in the right direction compared to what he was last year. He's had some, some big games. I mean, his, his performance against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago was just uh, as big time as it gets, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yep. he he's looking great, and it's great to see. I'm, I'm happy for him because him and all those other players that survived Urban Meyer, you know, they have, <laughs> right. they have the, you know, we need to do a surviving Urban Meyer documentary now. That means the next thing. That, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a catastrophe what those players had to go through following that bozo. But um, but yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Jaguar organization. I'm happy for their fans. Their fans have been through a lot, and um, for them to yep. to be yep. on the door of the playoffs, I hope that they 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 break through. I think they will. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, Tennessee then's questions about will they even keep uh, Vrabel now that the GM is out. I mean, I, look, they've lost incredibly. What one, two, three, four, what, six games in a row? Five games in a row? I mean, yeah, they lost six six games in a row. Yeah, yeah he lose six in a row. I mean, <laughs> set, I mean, they literally all they had to do win one game and they would have clinched the playoff spot. Like if they run the table in reverse and lose seven to miss the playoffs, I know Tannehill That's got hurt, but you do start to wonder. You know, it may not be variable fault, but are they just really listening to this guy anymore? Uh, I think that might be a, a real question to answer. I never would have thought a team that had you know. Even a team with Derrick Henry for as many games as he played this year, which is essentially almost all of them. He's only missed one game. Like, I never thought you would, they would be interested they could lose six games in a row. Like, you would think, you know, he'd be enough to get you at least one here. 
He's gotten them none. You know, so yeah, I, I don't know how that's gonna go. I hope, I really hope the Jaguars win, but they are a young team and it's a big game and Saturday night and under the lights, it's gonna be a great atmosphere for certain. You know, Jacksonville Duval is gonna be rocking. Hoping that we uh, get to see Jacksonville in the postseason. But um, before we wrap the show, let's quickly talk about the college football playoff, Sham. So we have our national championship. We have Georgia. We have TCU coming up in this uh, in, on this Monday night coming up here. Both teams played epic semifinals games. TCU uh, basically staved off a, a furious rally by Michigan to uh, win the Fiesta Bowl. You had uh, Georgia survive Ohio State. Uh, survive a missed field goal at the end to win the Peach Bowl. And now here we are, national championship game, Georgia, TCU. It doesn't feel like really anybody's giving TCU a real shot. And I don't necessarily blame them, but I would caution people who don't aren't giving TCU a real shot. Um, because I think that some of that might be due to the feeling of what Georgia has been as opposed to who they are. Uh, and I say that is I say that to say Georgia has been a extremely physical, dominant defensive team that doesn't let you breathe and suffocate you. And I just don't know if that's been the Georgia team that they are right now. We've seen glimpses of that throughout the season. We saw it against Tennessee. We saw it in week one against Oregon. But has that been who they've consistently been this year? No. Not, no. Florida moved the ball on them at times. LSU put up 1,000 yards on them in the SEC Championship game. Oh, we saw Ohio State, the, you know, maybe the first time all season they faced, well, maybe the first time, Tennessee's elite, but the second time maybe you'd say that they they faced an elite offense. And Ohio State looked like they could have put up any number they wanted on them before Marvin Harrison got hurt. So, I say that to say TCU, while they don't have maybe the firepower Ohio State has, TCU does have firepower, as we saw against Michigan. They do pack that thing, too. And I, for one, am not just writing them off completely in terms of pulling off an upset here. My concern for TCU would be, can they consistently get stops? Can they defend? Can they match up to... uh, to Georgia on a physical standpoint from the defensive side of the ball. A lot of people think about the physicality on the offensive side of the ball because Georgia's defense is so strong. But to me, I'm more concerned about will TCU's defense hold up. Um, It held up for about a half against Michigan and then collapsed in the second half. They can't have a bad half of football against Georgia. They can maybe survive a bad quarter. But like a bad half where Georgia's just doing whatever they want against them is just not going to cut it. So that would be my concern. But I think TCU moves the ball better than maybe people think they will against Georgia. I think this is maybe a closer game than people think. I 100% think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Um, uh, hmm. So, so I, a long, so long I'm pause this, there. I'm long pause there. Okay. So I'm going to make this simple. If Georgia uses for first of all, is Washington is he healthy? Do we know what his status is? Uh, I, don't we, I don't know if we know it yet, but I'll look it up while you while you surmise. So, 
So if 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 he's healthy, and if they use their tight ends, I think Georgia is is going to win. I I, I don't think it could still be close, but I think they're definitely going to win. If they don't, I don't think they win. I'm, I'm just gonna make it that simple. Mm, wow. Um, you know, their TCU secondary is legit. Hodges Tomlinson is legit. He is a first round caliber talent, NFL caliber talent. <laughs> um, you know, if I've ever yeah. seen right now, NFL, Darnell Washington is questionable. Questionable. All right. So and, if he plays, Georgia, Georgia is quote hopeful that he will play. So if he sounds, plays, I think there sounds very, very up in the air. Yeah, very up in the air. If he's able to play, I think they're in a very good spot. Um, because once he's playing and Bowers is playing, it gets very deep and, and you just don't know. Um, though, honestly, McConkey seemed to be fighting some kind of knee injury. Yeah, he didn't um, look right. So he didn't look, he didn't look like he was able to do much. So that's, that's an issue as well. If their guys are healthy, if their guys are able to get on the field and make plays, and this is the time to do it, if there was ever a time, then I think they'll win. If there are guys that aren't able to see the field, just Washington's out, McConkey's like hobbled and not able to be out there, um, then it starts looking a little, starts looking more iffy. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I think I think if with injury help, I think TCU can absolutely win this game, and I would predict that they would win this game. Um, and if they don't get Bowers involved. Which seems like the most obvious thing in the world, but if they don't get him involved, he's he's a player, and we've seen this like last year, this year. He's a player. You get him the ball, and he'll make a play. Yeah, this isn't a thing of oh well, how we find a way to get him involved in the offense. You can hand him the ball, and he'll make <laughs> a play. Yeah, you get the ball in his hands, and a play is going to be made. He's going to break one off. You know when? It's not a matter of if. It's just it's a matter of when. So they need to get him involved. And, you know, as long as Bennett is, uh, isn't making any kind of, like, boneheaded plays, which he, he seems to have been doing is, uh, now and again lately, as long as he just remains just, um, you know, as long as he stays in, like, game manager mode, <laughs> he should be fine. And, and they'll win the game. Yeah, so I my... mean, yeah, I feel you. I mean, I look, Brock Bowers only four catches last game. That's not enough. Uh, Brock Bowers needs to have at least seven or eight catches. In this game, I think TCU and that that unique three three five that they play, it may put them in a very good position to try to take him away. You know, that's gonna be a very fascinating matchup. How TCU's secondary covers Bowers, uh, I think you'll see them bracket him a bunch in this one, and it's gonna be up to some of these other guys to step up. You know, AD Mitchell, a guy who really didn't play all year, had a big touchdown in this game. Uh, this last game, uh, he may need to step up. Aaron Smith had a big touchdown. He he's going to need to step up. Some of these other guys who, uh, you know, way less heralded than Brock Bowers, obviously. But, but you know, of course, you know, they went to Georgia, so they, they're big recruits. Some of these guys are going to have to maybe earn their earn their stars, so to speak, in this game, I think. Because I, I think T- Ohio State shows some blueprint on how to potentially maybe limit Brock Bowers. And I say limit. I mean, the guy had 64 yards, four catches. That's not a bad game for most tight ends, but it's a bad game for him. Uh, they may show a little bit of a blueprint how you can slow him down. So I'll be curious to see if these other receivers step up, or if George is able to find a way to get him open and get him the ball. Like Shamari said, you got you got to be creative potentially to do it. But um, I just I, I you know for college football sake, I hope TCU wins. Uh, I just think that 
you know, a shake up to the to the, to the system a little bit, and and proof that college football is alive and well. There is parity, and that there are teams from all conferences that can win a national championship on a, a year a year in a year basis is important. So it would be pretty fitting one of the last years of the semifinals. We do get a TCU championship. I think I'm gonna pick Georgia, but I think this is gonna be a four quarter game. I don't think this is gonna be some kind of crazy runaway with Georgia just mauls in my front. TCU has shown. They're very tough. And I think TCU also, they're one of those teams also I think plays up to their competition. Because I think when people have looked at TCU and how they've played this year, um, people kind of poked holes at their resume because, you know, some of these close games they had. But I think that when TCU's had to play against, like, the top teams, you've seen them, for the most part, play their best ball. Like, when they thought Oklahoma was good, they, like, mauled Oklahoma. Um when they played K-State earlier in the year, they beat them by 10. Um, yeah, when they played against Virginia, West Virginia, and Texas Tech, hey, those teams, yeah, they, they struggled with Baylor. They were asleep. But when they played against Texas, Texas couldn't get a first down for like three quarters. Like, they, and then we saw then, obviously, the big showdown against uh, uh, Michigan, they they rose to the occasion. So, they're gonna. I think they're going to play well. I think that they're not going to lie down. I, I just think Georgia beat Outplaying them for four quarters is a tall order. And Ohio State showed, man. You, you could outplay them for three and a half. But if they play better than you for those, that, that last half uh, of a quarter, that could just be enough for them to win. That's the margin of error playing against a team like Georgia. So I'm going to say Georgia wins uh, a fairly close one, uh, maybe something like a 38-27 game. Like I think I think maybe Texas TCU beats the spread, but maybe loses by like uh, two scores in this one. Mm. Okay. Um, so I would. I'll take. I'll take Georgia by a field goal. I was. I think Georgia could win this like thirty twenty seven. Um. You know, I think they. I think they pull it out in typical Georgia fashion, dramatic Georgia fashion. Mm-hmm. I think they pull it out. Um. You know, it's not easy. I think it's an ugly win. I think this looks very similar to how TCU lost to Kansas State. You know, it's an ugly win. You see it where, you know, you see Duggan just trying to do, you know. Putting, yeah, just doing everything he can. To, doing everything he can, doing it to Tebow. Just trying to drag his team across the finish line. Um, but I think just the weapons and just the just how Georgia just functions like a well-loaded machine, I think it's just going to be too much. I think there's just too much talent um, on the offensive side of the field, so I think they're going to pull it out in the end. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting championship game. Um, it's a matchup that nobody expected. I think that it definitely will have ramifications for just kind of how we view college football, regardless of what happens. So I think it's going to be something to pay attention to, regardless. But that's going to do it for this edition of New Generation Sports Talk. So thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. Of course, if you enjoy this podcast, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. It's a new year, and you can expect us to start producing some brand new content for 2023. So check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And on Facebook, well, you follow us on New Generation Media. Follow us individually on social media. You can find Shamari 
on uh, Twitter, excuse me, on, on, on Instagram and Snapchat, MTShan22. And you can find me t- on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. That'll do it for now. Take it easy, guys. Peace.